0: Welcome to Kafaro Cast. <laughs> did I sound like Frank on that? Yeah, Kinda. somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Kafaro Cast. I'm Trevin Stoltzfus, sitting here with Aaron, David, and Tanner. Aaron Snyder, David D. Austin, and Tanner Vernon. And today we are going to do Photography 101. Well, maybe a little more than that.
1: We'll start out with like 81, move up to 101 and get into like one thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Uh, you know the whole thing with the Kofar Gear Guide and the CBA and and uh, trying to give people good information that they can. And Aaron, Aaron, you say this all the time. Freeze time. That's yeah. what you're when you're taking a photo. That's what you're trying to do. Is you're trying to freeze a moment in time and save it. Well, as an editor. We get in some of the greatest articles and you read them and you can imagine it. But when you're printing an article, as, as you know, you, you need the photo support. And unfortunately, we're lacking. And so we want to give people the tools so they can capture I, these.
1: I believe um, it was a Nat Ge- National Geographic. One of their slogans on the wall says it doesn't matter if you photograph the second coming of Christ. If it's not in focus and high resolution, it doesn't matter. And that's pretty spot on. I would say I, when I, you know, I mean people, when you, when you, when you go on an adventure, we've talked about this before, um, writing it, you can do daily. You can do at the end of it. You can, you can change it. You can edit it. You can't edit a photo you don't have. And that's what I don't think people, I don't think are understanding or realizing is that's to be a good photo it, you know, it has to be somewhat high resolution or or high enough to print it and blow it up a little bit. But if you're not taking them, you can't edit something you don't have. You can write the article later. You you can't take the photo later. Very easy. Now you can steal photo or borrow, excuse me, from other people's trips and, and wing it. But what would you say is your number one issue? I'd imagine as an editor, you'll get some amazing photo with one uh, or, excuse me, you have an amazing article mm. with one
0: horrible photo. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe even one good and two so so. Yeah. So, what I need is 30.
2: Yeah. I should say, David, how many photos did you take on our last trip? I don't know. I'm, not, I, I'd say I'm not the typical photographer. I'm not out there shooting like 20,000, 30,000 photos. I'm, you know, I'm kind of a little bit more selective and um, I would say maybe about, I don't know, three, four hundred maybe. But that's from you don't get
1: what I call junkers. You're, you're not you're not getting very many bad photos. So in the course of a trip, if I'm the photographer, I would say per day, I'm at about one hundred to two hundred per day, meaning I know what I want to photograph. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys are at twenty seven hundred, twenty five hundred yeah. a day. The thing is, is you really don't need you don't need meaning uh Trev does not need 2700 photos no. but if you had 10 a day or 5 a day on a 10 day trip Dropbox is easy to use there's plenty of other you know data Retransfer, transfer stuff. and we they're transfer. all yeah
0: you can use them for free that
1: gives you daily you know a camp shot some some scenery uh, a couple grip and grins or whatever 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 you need for the for the article and <laughs> it it well, we talked about it before. From what my experience, you can have a halfway decent article with great photo backup, and that will make it in far before a great article without photo backup.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think the, we got to step back and start at the beginning, and that is what do we need? So if we're baking bread, you've got to have ingredients. And to make a great article, you've got to have ingredients. and And luckily, as Aaron put it, we can write the article later, okay? But we can't take the photo later. So what do we need? We need composition. We need a number of photos. And what, let's break those down. And I'll throw this out, Dave, you're, get your opinion. Tanner, you jump in here too. I think, I think of five categories. The first one being landscape, okay? So that's the country that you are hunting in or, or recreating in, whatever it might be. Two is trials and tribulations. What I mean by that is uh, adversity. Give us an idea. Is it raining? Are you trying to stay out of the sun because it's hot as blazes and you're having to glass from the shade of a conifer? Um, You know, are you stuck in your tent because of a lightning storm? Whatever. That's where you're going to take, give the flavor, so the spices. The fresh spaces, as they say in natural Um Three. I want to see elements of the hunt: glassing, um, cooking y- your breakfast, whatever. You, yes, coffee. Uh, <laughs> maybe you're you're pumping your water, or you're getting your water and and and, and purifying it. Okay, so these are Im- important. Um, uh, then, then of course. The we're getting into one. This one is more the icing on the cake, but it really helps is phone scopes. Things like that have come so far uh, that you don't have to have a two to six hundred. You can have a good phone and a phone scope and get some. It's funny what you're saying
1: is everything David says when we go out of what he's going to get. You said exactly like, hey, I'm going to make this video. Let's get some photos right. or video of the deer we're looking at, right? right? All the things you're talking about. And uh, when I talk about stopping time, you're on on three and four now. You're stopping time,
0: everyone, right? right? right. So people can, right. through the photos, tell what's going on. So And, and, and everyone looks at the, the fifth one, which is the grip and grin. I mean, but usually that's all we get. And hopefully it's not in the back of the truck and they're straddling it and the tongue's hanging out. But... So if we have those five elements, and I, guys, jump in here if you think there's one that's even extra that I'm missing. But if I can have those five elements, and here, to be honest, we do the same thing videoing. You know, it's, again, completing that story. That's what I brought up
1: with him is the video and the photos, the same same mm-hmm. principle. Um, and I would say if – and I, we can go around the horn here if you want. But so for me, getting the – unloading the truck right getting ready to hike in maybe a guy pulling his socks on you know the normal yep here we are or, or whatever you're doing sometimes we'll throw a target out wing a couple arrows and i'll take a photo that's the beginning of the trip then there's the sucking hind titty going in mm-hmm. some sweat coming off the face mm-hmm. or a guy hunched over with his hands on the knees do i need text for that probably not text helps but okay we were sucking it coming in and then you get to camp all right. Well, then you gear dump and throwing up the shelter. Some photos there. Then all right, we're cooking dinner that night. That's another one. Glassing, like you talked about, uh, getting water. That's another one. Lightning coming in, snow around the tent. As simple as like we're sitting in the tent and we're all hunkered down. A photo of the edge of the of water dripping off and hail or snow. Lightning the edge. That's yeah. not Pulitzer Prize-winning material, but you know, well, we're fogged in. It's cr- shitty weather. And that's in one photo. And if done right, and David is amazing at this, you get a super low, like a 1-2 a lens, a super fast lens, or a super shallow depth of field. And you get that one drop coming down, and you can see the snow. You can turn a pretty lame photo and something pretty amazing that tells that story i i think and i i geek out on this and and david you're amazing at this and you know what you're looking for i mean he'll he'll literally stop us stop and get this amazing photo that one he had of me um and I'm, i'm just gonna pull this up for example but that's just me walking to go glass right right it's just the lighting was perfect can you tell that's what i'm getting ready to do in that photo and then, what else do you yep. see in that photo? What am I wearing? Is that a, a fleece or a puffy? Or yeah. Yeah.
0: you've got. It looks like you're. You're. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's blazing hot. You're going to set yeah. up a little you've, bit cold. Y- yeah. Mm-hmm. So, David, you got us
1: cooking dinner when we were at the glassing point, um, starting the stove up because we glass and eat at the same time. You got me sharing water. That's all the stuff people. I think sometimes probably put more. It's not that difficult. Just take a photo of what you're doing. If you wanted to, to understand someone else's story, then you just mimic that. It's not it's not as hard as I think people
0: maybe think. I, I think the problem is that, and I get into this category, I don't get my phone out. And again, I'm, we're going to talk about actual equipment. And that, uh, I'm going to use our phones that we carry in our pocket every day as our starting point. And we'll go on up to, to higher end stuff. But I use the excuse, and it is an excuse, don't be mistaken. I'm, I'm to blame that, oh, I don't want to get out of the moment because I have to do this for the gram. Well, okay, yeah, you could put these on Instagram, but you're also documenting your adventure. And so that's kind of an excuse. Um, the same thing, the guy that has the camera on his hip or, or around his neck, and never clicks the shutter. That's just a heavy medallion then, (laughs) a heavy rapper's (laughs) medal, you know, because honestly, if you're not clicking the shutter, um, you're not capturing anything. But you bring up the point of a purpose. There's always a purpose every time you take a picture. And, um, you know, so. But once you figure out that purpose, Mm -hmm. I, that's where
1: the second portion of this, the first, we're we're talking baby steps, take the photos, what to take them of. And David is way better at this than I am. Um, now it's making that stop in time, making it a little more artistic, making it not just click. Now, if, if it's high enough resolution, you can, (laughs) you can work with it. But the second portion of this will be making them more presentable, the right. photo,
0: and 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 I think the the idea of the the low f stop and the the drip of water on the tent, that the, that really gets into the icing and that gets into the flavor. Um, along with that is, uh, you know, we typically when we have an animal down, it's it's a grip and grid, that's what we take. But what about the characteristics of the animal? A close up shot. Of a unique dropper, or maybe uh, they've been rubbing in the cedars, so you got some bark in there. You know, if you you can get up close, even with these uh, cell phone cameras, you can get up close. Um, Some of that can add some flavor when you're trying to show the hunt. Um, Tanner, how many photos will we put an animal down? We do the typical grip and grin, but how many photos do we take on top of that?
3: I mean, we're probably couple of thousand. Like if there if there's two of us, it's, it's a lot, uh, so, probably a couple of thousand photos. So, I would say
0: like that one
1: there, that's not your typical grip and grin, no. right? But you see the trash coming off the side. It's just me looking at the animal. I'm not praying at the animal and I'm not overly touting the animal. It's literally me. Like Holy shit. I just pulled that stock off. Like that's what that would be. We didn't stage that photo. He just took it. Cause I the stock was insane. And that get gives more reality. And what this photo is, is just me behind a deer. I shot in Alberta. That was right after where it laid down. I kneeled down. I threw, I did throw my bow down and sat behind it for a second. And I was like, I can't believe that happened. That is stopping time. Cause I'm like, holy shit. I made, I made it happen. Like all that work. And it's not me holding it up with a big smile. It's just me with, with an animal. And there's nothing wrong with that one. And there's nothing wrong with a grip and grin either. I mean
0: Now, I'm going to jump out of this real quick and, and to caveat, and this is if you're a lone wolf hunter, if you're a solo hunter, you have exponentially made this more difficult, but it's not impossible. Fred Baum is a great example of this. I don't know a person that every time he goes on a solo hunt, he, you would think he had a cameraman with him. But what he does is he takes the time to set the the timer to set, and he uses a a camera. He does he's not taking it on his phone, but he's setting this stuff up and he's but he's capturing all of these elements. So even if you're on your own, it's no excuse. You might not have as many, but you can still capture some of these facets. Yeah. Well,
1: that one would be very easy with a Gorillapod and that G five yeah. Mark yeah. II or a Sony RX one hundred. Because I'm only a few feet away. The gorilla pod weighs they're kind of sh- crappy, but they're twenty nine bucks or forty nine right, right. bucks. You can wrap it around trees.
0: Or a log or, or anything.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so occasionally now I don't have the commitment Fred does of photoing myself, but there is occasionally a time where I'll be like, Man, this I should probably get a photo of this. Throw the gorilla pod out, it's in my pack all the time. And we we probably here in a in a few we'll go over kind of a list of things that we all think are important for solo, solo or doing an actual you know, when you've got a buddy, you both have cameras photoing each other, but um a gorilla pod and a lightweight tripod is well worth it to me because if you're going on a solo hunt an extra seven ounces to capture that is worth it. Like I've carried much dumber stuff that weighed more that I got less out of than a gorilla
0: pod or something. Right. So. And if you're smart, which not a lot of us are, but if you're smart, you can use your outdoorsman. You get an extra uh, adapter yeah. and you put it on the bottom of your camera because it's this. It's basically going to be the same thread in as would be on a. Uh, so here, here's what's funny. The reason I don't use that is some of the coolest photos are me Manual. behind right. the outdoorsman. Exactly. So sure. I, I <laughs> sure. but sure.
1: and I, and I'm not and I'm, I'm agreeing with you. The other thing that's kind of cool too is you get into this. If you get geeked up, you can hook the GorillaPod to the outdoorsman, and if you are when I say that meaning, what you can get specific maybe angles or different angles because you can wrap the GorillaPod around it, and you can turn that if you're using your phone or the camera. And you can get looking down the eyepiece like, again, we're not I know I some people are going to listen to this generally an older crowd. um, And I'm not bashing the older crowd. And they're going to say, yeah, you're out there to hunt. Why are you taking photos? Yeah, well, maybe part of that is the, the adventure for me. Photographing. It is part of the that's part of it for me. It may not be for everyone, but part of it is capturing that story to make others want to go like, like to, 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 to like reinvigorate maybe somebody that's gotten out of it to get them back in.
0: And for that old older crowd, this is my, this is my response to, to, well, you know, I don't want to get out of the adventure. I don't, why am I photographed? Well, here's the thing. I get a lot of articles submitted by older people. And when I mean older, I'm talking about my age because I'm 50 now, um, and older and what they tend to do is they have some good grip and grins, but they just don't have much supporting footage. And if, you know, if you're not a quote-unquote photographer, but yet you have a great hunt, let's say you got that sheep tag, you know, or, or something, and, and you want to document that. And you want to share that through print. If that's your goal, then you need to get over that. And you need to figure out, how am I going to capture these, a few photos you know, give me give me five to ten photos of each of those elements. You know, uh, that we just talked about, and um, it's gonna take work and it's gonna take a little extra effort. But the the what you get on the backside, especially when you're done with the article and it's printed in the magazine and it's in this vibrant color, is gonna be so much better. Your end product. So so D-
1: David, we're not letting you talk as much as we probably should because Trev and I talk too much. You taught at a college, uh, photography. Um, he obviously, we, he's our main guy for, for photo and video. Um, one of the funny things you can tell when you get geeked out on stuff is how many times we bring up the lighting on this last trip. Like you would have literally thought we were going to find a leprechaun because it was <laughs> the most perfect lighting. It's a
3: triple rainbow. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, there was no harsh lighting. There was no sun. It was cloudy. How often does that happen in Colorado? And so you got... Amazing photos. Well, you can do that on a cell phone. Like a cell phone, usually when guys knock it out of the park, isn't because of their knowledge of the phone. It's because of the surrounding light, and you'll learn that. You'll pick it up. And and I don't know if we want to transition into this now, but talking about maybe the levels from phone up of what you may want to have in your pack for photography. Uh, a phone now. Okay, so when I started to get serious, the 5D Mark III had just come out from Canon. I think it was 12, no, that was 20 Mm -hmm. uh, megapixels. Mm -hmm. The 2, which I remember Tiber telling me the 2 at the time was one of the best cameras around, and it was 10 or 12. What are these, 16, an iPhone 12? is 16 megapixels. Mm -hmm. So you, um, you, you can get it done with a cell phone. I don't. When people ask me and I'll be curious to get all your guys and or take on this, I have a six hundred dollar budget. what camera should I get, and I tell them to upgrade their cell phone with six hundred dollars if they want to go up to a thousand, I'm like, get a sony r x one hundred or a g five mark two canon and, and those
0: are uh what three by four maybe maybe yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah, smaller than a cell phone yeah. i i mean smaller than my twelve uh deeper, but i mean. Would you agree with this, David? I mean, for, for guys that are heading out, would you say the first step after a cell phone would be maybe a point and shoot like that or a mm-hmm. key Canon T, what, 7i they have now? Or what would you suggest?
2: Yeah, I would agree with, uh, you know, just like a handheld point and shoot or like a A6500 or something like that. I would, I would I would say cell phone if you don't want to learn photography. You just want to take photos. If you want to learn photography you know move up to something a little bit bigger
0: now we, you mentioned perfect lighting um dave talk a little bit about what that means what what are we what are we know what we mean but what is it when we're looking for perfect lighting so why was that such a leprechaun a the, the you know the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow when you guys were up there what does that mean um
2: so back when i was taking photo classes back in like 98 or something like that my professor, year old. <laughs> my, uh, my professor back in the day would always talk about the best times to take photos are the best times to go fishing. You know, you're going to fish early morning, you know, sunrise, sunset kind of thing. Um, the reason you don't want to shoot midday is because the, the lighting gets harsh. You get harsh shadows. The sun is directly overhead. Uh, everything's lit up evenly. There's no three dimensional quality to it. You know, there's no like Highlight to shadow gradation. Uh, But on a cloudy day, you can shoot all day long. Same thing with winter. Winter, the sun doesn't get as high in the sky. It's lower. You can shoot all day long. But uh, when we we went on the scouting trip, it was cloudy, and it was just beautiful light all day long. And the reason the cloudy day is better, you have soft light. It's a softer quality of light. There's no harsh shadows. Um, There's less of a dynamic range or less contrast between highlight and shadow. Um, you just get good quality images and you don't even really have to try. So why don't
1: you talk about the metering portion of that? So how how your camera meters as you get into it a little bit more, and we're kind of skipping from crawling to running a little bit, but if if your, um, if your sensor or the internal portions of, this is a redneck description, if you looked at that as a sheet of paper, that's, that's the picture you're looking at. The different metering options in your camera will do like spot metering where it's taking the light on his face and it will. So maybe the back will be blown out a little bit because your face is shadowed. And and so I'll see your face fine, but the lighting everywhere else around it will be a little bit more harsh. Um, There's what probably five metering options on every camera at a minimum with good lighting you don't have to change the metering because it's equal all the way across i'm trying to explain the the harsh lighting portion of it if everything is equally bright or dark metering is a moot point because your camera is, is does not have to think about that harsh light if there is harsh light you do have to learn a little bit more about metering and get a little more crafty with what you're shooting you don't need to know anything well you just said it. You don't need to really know what you're doing when you have good lighting. You just start taking photos and the lighting does
0: it for you. And and it it allows you to again not have to worry about a blown out background in order to bring the shadow on the face out. Um it it does it it's more point and shoot literally. Yeah. So
3: I feel like um there's kind of a disconnect because like how our eyes are so much better at dynamic range than than a sensor so people don't kind of understand but it's it's like if you're standing in a in bright sunlight trying to look into a cave i mean you can't you can't really see into that cave because it's so dark there's such there's such a contrast so i just i feel like there's kind of a disconnect there when you're talking about it because the sensor i mean it's it's a lot better but normally to get something to that like get that range you kind of have to pull it out in post if it's and sometimes it's so there's such a contrast that you can't do it but with that nice diffused light it makes it much easier
0: and and, and as we get more technical there's there's filters you can put on there's different there's di- this and that but I, I want to try and keep this as simple as possible the guy who has only the cell phone he kills a buck it's 11 o'clock the sun has risen. It's September. So we're still, you know, it's a cloudless day. Let's just say. So I'll talk about what to do with the animal. You talk
1: about what to do with the light. Yes. So with the animal, because we we're forced with this, we could be on a cliff and the sun could be behind us and David will go into the sun portion. So with the animal, I'm going to talk to David and say, David, where do you want the animal? Once David tells me and where he wants me, I want to get the legs tucked in, right? So bend at the knee, and then you're using its its forearms for a prop so it doesn't flip over. Front and front and back legs. I'm going to look at where I can get that head to where I can sit down beside it. Uh, this is for a grip and grin, kind of a trophy photo, where I can either – I'm kind of a cross-leg beside guy when I can be. Can I do that? I David is going to tell me you don't want to dwarf – you're in good shape. You're a little smaller than I am. I can make a 170 inch deer look really small. And I, don't I can make a 170 inch deer look 200. Which I like you better because uh, <laughs> I, I can't shrink myself. But you want to get it to where the head, and David will go into this, but the head is in a position where you're not overpowering it, but you're also not faking the size of it. There's a happy medium. Or if you are, you know, quote unquote, faking the size of it, people can tell that, yep, he's back and holding the head up a little bit, but you're not 14 feet behind it. You're just holding the head up behind. Anyway, David will go into that. The next thing, the tongue, cut the tongue off or push it in its mouth. Blood, get the blood cleaned up as much as possible. You can do a lot of that in Photoshop, but get the blood cleaned up, get dirt off of it. You know, make sure there's no pools of blood around the animal. You want it presentable for the non-hunting community to look at and be like, wow, that's an artistic, good-looking shot. So Blood on the ground, not good. Dirt on the face, not good. Um, the um, le- like entry and exit holes. Put your bow in front of those if you or can, or your pack, or your pack, yeah, yeah,
0: something. It doesn't need to be gory.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't now if it's a pinwheel hole and there's no blood everywhere. Yeah. not not as big no, of a deal. No. It's the the gore coming out of it. So you get all of those things taken care of. And then David or or Trev, or I keep forgetting your name, Tanner. tall, skinny guy, tall Tanner, <laughs> um, you guys will kind of direct because of the lighting and, and the positioning and then me dwarfing it or, you know, the positioning it needs to be in. So why don't you guys want to go, David? you want to take it over from there?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, first off, have you, you guys ever seen trophy photos or any photos of people with their hat causing a shadow covering their entire face. You don't really want that to happen. You, th- you think about where the sun is. You think about how the sun is casting a shadow. Uh, a lot of times I'll shoot with the sun behind the person, um, which throws off your exposure, so you kind of have to know what to do in that situation. Usually you're overexposing a little bit. Um, but with the sun behind the person, you're, you're not going to get the weird shadows on their face. You're going to be able to tell, yes, that is Trevin with this 200-inch buck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it just makes it easier in post.
0: I think the other thing that a lot of people, the number one mistake I see is they, especially if antlered animals, um, uh, I have a couple of different situations I like. Again, my size I use to my advantage, but I don't want my body or even brush behind me behind the antlers because what is their their camouflage, right? They're their neutral colors. Their antlers are neutral colors, whether it's an elk or whatever. I mean, that's part of why they stay alive. And it disappears. So, if the best you can do to get clear sky or contrast behind them against that, it's going to make the antlers pop. So, that means I'm not going to sit directly behind them. I might sit, as you said, out in front holding the head up, again, giving a clear backdrop. And Or I might slide to the back where I am now further down the body offset. I have found you can get away with sitting between the antlers if you can get your head below the level of the antlers. Now, Trevin has a much smaller head than I do. Right, that's true. (laughs) But
1: what I'm saying (laughs) is a lot of times
0: the cameraman has to get on his belly to take that shot Yeah, yeah. because you still need to... Take, and those antlers need to be against sky or something solid that makes them pop. Um, Cloudy days are perfect because you don't have the shadow. So you have a huge rotational area of which to take the photo from. The other thing I've done, and this makes it hard, it's not the best, but have the sun directly in their face where you pop the hat up. Now it looks a little different, but now there's no shadows. But most of the time your photo subject is going to look, like they're squinting because so, they are so that right there uh that's amy amy with the that's, mule deer that's my wife with her mule deer last
1: year so um, get, as an example we had not a lot of options to get those horns to to pop everything was kind of yellow and brown behind it so all i did was position the deer slightly different to get some of the sharper yellows behind the horn and amy is not to the outside of the animal she's right behind it but the the horn and and there's several angles of that i kind of went up and down and, and ended up being parallel to the ground was what i liked the best but i couldn't get to a point where i could get those antlers in the sky right i just couldn't i couldn't do it but they pop out well enough with the yellow um and when i say yellow meaning as you pointed out if there's a lot of vegetation you're not going to see the, the animal blends in, right? So, if we turn this animal around and we had decent enough clouds that day, right behind me is a where she killed it, a giant rocky mountain. Not a, like the other way. And I looked at it and I'm like, shit, you're not going to see the horns, right? Like, you might see them. But as far as, like, grabbing your eye, it just isn't happening. So when we pivoted the other way, I shuffled about a foot right to get rid of my shadow. So I wanted my shadow out of there, which you could fix in post. But um, I got my shadow out of there, and as I pivoted my shadow out, that also put the horns where there was yellow behind it or grass where I could see it a
0: little better. And and I noticed the tips of those antlers are in blue sky. Yeah. yeah. So it's very your eye normally goes no, she is not higher than the antler so she, her the top of her head is actually below The reason I I have found this to be true and 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 a, a good rule of thumb is that What's the focus here? The focus should not necessarily be the hunter, but in a way that you're paying respect to that animal. The last time that animal's going to be in one piece, cause you're going to break that animal down and they're never, yes, that's a good one. So here, here I'm looking at a photo now and we'll put some of these photos up at the end so we can give you some, maybe some, uh, I was on my own on that. that. And that's pretty good. The photo literally it's a white tail and, and now, Aaron has moved out to the front. And he's sitting cross-legged, but he's holding the chin with his left hand of the of the white tail and the antlers are framed by the clouds in the background. So it it really pops. Yeah. That's and a good one.
1: Well, that was by myself, and I will say flexibility was a problem. Me getting down to sit what what are we supposed to call it now? Crisscross applesauce yeah. is a problem. Right. Like you can see I'm forcing my right leg down. Because my leg, I'm not very flexible. So getting over there, and I had 10 seconds to get now right. and get the photo. The thing was is that can take mm, five minutes. People, and people are like, oh, by tasting that, you're going to waste the meat. That's a crock of shit. Right, they, yeah. they, wait, unless it's super hot, right? If it's crazy hot, a little bit different. But right there, I think it was 38 degrees. I had, I figured I usually take 10 to 15 minutes if I'm by myself to get everything situated at a minimum. I don't see any, i am never wasting any meat. The deer tasted great. And I want to get, a, I want the story. I had me in the stand, the, the right. pack hanging off the stand, deer coming around. And, and that specific deer, one of the reasons why this was important, I was rattling. And, and I actually photoed this after I shot the buck. And again, th- this is just a story for people to understand catching the moment. I knocked my bow out of the stand with the rattling, antler, rattling antlers. I knocked it off the easy hanger because you know how your the easy hanger, your string wedges. Mm-hmm. And so I actually put it through and then my quiver sits on that 90 degree down there. Rattling works really well. I was on the, in Oklahoma on the border of, of Texas, 170 inch and you rattle till you're tired down there. Well, I, and the, the bow bounces off, goes through some trees dong, and it's just like, on the ground, vertical in bushes. I'm like, oh, man, that is not good because I just put on an epic rattling sequence. Bucks are coming in. So I creep down the front. So when I backdated this, when I, when I came back to get the photos, I photographed down the ladder stand of what I had. To, I faced the deer and walked down forward so I could watch movement. I'm not thinking I'm going to get a shot at this deer. I haven't even seen this buck. I'm just trying to be a fat, sneaky man going down the ladder. I get to the bottom and literally take a knee, and I reach over and grab the bow, and there's a doe with that buck straight at me coming. I shot that buck in the chest at 8 yards right when she split off. Now, frontal shot or whatever I get it. if nobody likes that, there's a story there. So the deer dies. When I go to grab my pack, I photograph my feet, down. So as I type this story out, there's a photo showing I had to walk down. I took a photo of my bow laying down where it was at. And then I took obviously a photo of on the ground straight out where the deer was. Now that's just a big photo of grass and trees, but I can say eight yards in front of me is where this deer took his last step after I knocked it down. Is that Pulitzer prize winning material? No, but I mean, take a few photos. It makes hell of a story. Right. Right. Um, and you
0: have supporting footage of each asset of that story. And it took
1: three minutes. Right. Walked up right. it, took a photo right. down. It didn't right. take that. It wasn't like I reinvented the wheel. Same thing, let's say, uh, how big was that last big elk you killed?
2: A small five point. The, no, oh, the, the really big, big, big one. one. Yeah. The big one? Uh, like 341, I think. Yeah, so
1: a big bull. And you had some cool photos you showed me of it just laying on the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'll pull that up. These these are worthwhile for people. I mean,
0: and if we're talking too much, let me know. Oh, no, no. This is great. Yeah, exactly. So So, is that what you saw when you walked up on it? Yeah,
2: exactly. Yes. So that's why I wanted to record that. It's a photo of my bull in this little small kind of a draw.
0: Sun is
1: amazing right there, by the way. You couldn't have made that Uh, shit up.
2: Yeah, so I... (laughs) I actually had to do like three exposures and blend them to get this because it was it was kinda of harsh light. It was okay. really dark shadows and then the spotlight of light coming through the, the canopy of the trees. It was uh, if I took it in one image it was overexposed on the highlight, underexposed in the shadow. So I ended up doing a, a couple of right. exposures right. and blending them but Which that's
0: a little bit advanced. But um, for for those people who want to get into that, that's going to step up with the cameras. You're going to also end up learning Photoshop and Lightroom and some of these different things.
2: your cell phone will do HDR mode, which will get that in one photo. Um, But really, you know, this is is a memory that's been burned into my mind, and it's one of my favorite photos of this elk, is just where I saw it, where it was laying, and just this feeling of peace.
1: Well, you've only showed me that once, and it stuck out in my mind. So that should kind of tell you that photo and the lighting and looking at it. I mean, that's what you want. You you want people to understand when they take that shot that it's not just an animal laying there. It was that animal's last step and a shitload of work that you put into it to to get there. It's important, and I'm geeked out on this more than others, but it's important
0: when you tell that story that that people see it all. And you can't do that without taking the time. Because you could tell me... You could have told me about that exact point in time, but showing me that photo
2: has way more impact,
0: way more. Yep. So I, I want to talk while we're talking about elk. So we've talked about deer antelope, you know, these smaller creatures. Um, uh, I guess a, a sheep might be a little bit bigger, um, mountain goat, um, a little more difficult because of the country they, they're in. You do the best you can. Let's talk about elk and moose. Now, this is an animal that if you're on your own, most likely, you might have even major problems trying to get a moose where you're splitting the front (laughs) uh, legs so that they'll prop up. You know, uh, when, when I killed my moose last year, it took, what, three or four of us to get him propped so we could take our photos just because they're so big. So there are some things that you can do if you're by yourself with a bigger animal. Now, now we're going to do a little bit of a different of an idea. um, Trying to hold a moose head up by the, by the chin, like you would a whitetail or a mule deer, like your, your, your photo, Aaron, you're not going to do that. So sometimes you can maybe find a log. I've used logs with elk to put their chin on, to get the head up just a little bit. Um, And then, yeah. So, Oh, yeah. but uh, Okay, so here's a bison. Same exact thing. You're not going to move a bison. Oh, oh, I don't like this angle. I'm going to drag him in the sunlight. Or, or no, a, no, no. You're not going to do that. It's like
2: 1,800 pounds, 2,000 pounds.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. a big bull. But what you are going to do is you're going to find your angle, and you're still going to uh, – a lot of times on this, you can shit, sit on <laughs> – sorry about that. Edit that one out. Right. Uh, Freudian slip. Um, You're going to sit either on the opposite shoulder or, and I even sometimes like that three quarter angle so that their head is facing you and you're shooting, but they're at like an angle pointing from left to right towards you. And then you're on the opposite side by the hip. Um, And I say the hip, not because you're trying to uh, to to make them look so much bigger, but because that way you can get up high because it's a big animal. Otherwise, it just looks like this floating head on top of this critter. I mean, even this photo, he looks he, he's his head is from basically his neck up is the only thing. That's how thick and wide that animal
2: is. Yeah, bison shoulders what like four feet tall or yeah, something. Yeah. Now, um, another thing before you before you even well you can start taking photos as you walk up. On an animal, but I walk around the animal to see where the best angle is, the best lighting, and then see you know what you're going to do to to work with it. If you're going to prop it up, um, actually Frank and I, when Frank shot this giant bison in Utah, we tried kind of rolling it up a little bit more onto his chest, and there's we could move it just a tiny bit because the thing was massive. But you know when you're doing an elk, you know three four guys might be able to drag it a little bit. Um, when Frank shot his bull last year, it was, a, it was a big bull. It was, I would guess, seven, eight years old. It was, a, it was an old bull. His teeth were loose and falling out. Um, the two of us could barely move it two feet. I mean, that's a, that's a big animal.
0: So sometimes um, they have a really lightweight, um, and I carry a, a little hooey man saw, the small like eight inch, but then it, it folds out like a knife. Sometimes you just have to do some gardening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, you definitely have to do. And and so you're cutting stuff away to create and you might be in the thick stuff and that's not ideal. But sometimes you take what you have. Would you agree it's better to be all shadow or all sun? If you can get away with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: you get into that picture of like you walking up on the elk where you have this beautiful stream of sunlight coming through. But unless you can be able to stack photos on top of each other, you're going to have a blown out area.
2: Yeah. If and, you, if you yeah. can account for it, it's great. But if you can't, it, I'd rather be in full shade. Like right. if you're in completely in the shade, your camera's going to be able to handle that a lot better.
1: See, like, like that was a play at where it lies. That's, we just moved the, and head that's, the hair. That's a buffalo. A buffalo yeah. yeah. And this was no great hunt by any stretch. I just wanted to meet, but they're, I mean, we got 680 pounds of meat off that thing. And so I literally, where it died, I'll be, they don't, they're not rolling off mountains where I shot him, right? So he just died. So I just pivoted his head over, kind of looked around and thought, well, this is the best we got. <laughs> so I mean, again, we would have needed a tractor, which we could have drove one over there. But with elk, for example, and you talked about like the hooey man saws or whatever type of saw, you can also get fairly creative with with cord if you because I have to get cord out sometimes solo to tie legs up to oh that's a good gut idea it out. yeah so and I've told guys this I'm like if you're getting it out to, to gut it and, and spread the legs open because it's solo with an elk can suck on an angle right you can do the same thing to hold that's some true. crap in place now solo is a different ball game you pretty much and I just say do the best you got with mm-hmm. what you've got when, when I talk about photos no different than cutting it up I mean, like a moose dies in the river, what are you going to do? Call in a helicopter? I mean, you you, you got to gut it out and clean it and debone right it in, there. The, in the river, quarter right. it. So, when, with guys, I'm like, hey, just look at what you got. And David, you're great. We're all you know practice. Walk around the animal, see what you can get that's the most tasteful, right? That that gets the most out of the photo, and it's better than not having one. Right. And when I say that, there's a few different times where I've killed elk solo. And I'm in thick timbers, the, you know, not the greatest lighting in the world. And so I'm like, well, I can at least get it with its, you know, as it lays kind of a photo, it's head on the ground and I can get a decent enough photo. It may not make it look the biggest, but it's a presentable photo that's of good taste. That's the best you can ask for. And you can use that, uh, meaning Trev can use that in the magazine. If it's good taste, it may not be the same photo you take if you had four guys, but it's a clean,
0: good-looking photo. And understand that the assets I'm looking for are something I can use as a, as a big spread, maybe a two-page. I mean, if it's that good, I could use a two-page spread with some, some text on it. Um, and that could be a landscape. It could be an animal. It could be a camp scene. So just because your grip and grin, which we put all the emphasis on, isn't as perfect as you would like it, that's Okay. Do the best you can, but as long as you have the other assets, we can still build that story, you know, because a landscape photo should be no reason you can't get the, you know, what? if it's too bright outside wait five minutes, you know, wait tour the, the, you know, those last 30 minutes. That's one of
1: the horror I was going to say, yeah. like, that's me between the antlers. Mm-hmm. I was so low. I didn't have a lot of room. I had COVID. I was dying. So, um.
0: <laughs> but, but, but the picture he's showing me, the, one of the reasons that's so powerful is he's, you're still seeing blue sky behind and his head is not higher than the tines. He's, he's allowed himself to pick the antlers up so that it actually frames his, his cranium.
1: Yeah. Yeah. no. Well, and I was thinking when you said that, I'm like, I've been had
0: a wide, widespread.
1: I I was thinking (laughs) uh, there's a few times I've been able to pull off that photo, but as you're talking about though, like the, the assets, I mean, I would rather have a artistic presentable grip and grin photo. That's not the best in the world. You know what I mean? With, with you're left with what you got with 10 other amazing right, photos. Exactly. It still tells the story. The grip and grin is not the be all end all. I, I agree. It's important. But if you're solo, you kind of got to do the best with the hand right. you've been dealt.
0: <laughs> and I think if you get creative and as you're walking around, it, and let's say the guy's using his phone, he's solo. Take photos as you're walking around. And then you can find which angle is going to be the best for your grip and grin. But you have that whole... Uh, all of those different angles. Um, Just because if you, if Dave, if if you're going to show me that bull elk, I never saw a picture with you and that bull elk. Okay. But that picture of that bull elk lying there is super impressive. So why are we even doing grip and grins? Well, we're saying, Hey, look at all the hard work and this is, this is what paid off. And we're happy in all of this stuff. It's respect. But you've cleaned the animal up all this stuff. But if it's a hard one, we we yeah there. Uh, there's a great one. I couldn't get in the photo, so that's all we got. So <laughs> there's an animal. Uh, we got this deer. He's laying there, and he's as he lays, and it's a great photo. So so we can we have I, would, you, would you have
1: any issue with me sending in an article with all the, the assets and me not in that photo and that being the grip and grip? No. Cause it shows the animal. I don't have
0: to be in the damn thing. No, I have no issue with that.
1: Yeah. And all I did was I took that gorilla tripod. That's pretty much, I moved the head a little bit just to get the more horns prominent. And I couldn't get behind the ant. Honestly, it was so freaking cool. I couldn't feel my fingers. Right. So I'm like, I don't need to be in this one. And just took the photo of the animal lying there. These just happen to be applicable to what you're talking about. Make the best of what you got. The
0: only reason I would I would have wanted you in there was to see the expression on your face. Yeah, yeah. because that tells the story too. So, but but I've had people
1: tell me I couldn't get any photos. Uh, you know, it's too steep, and I'm like, like what? It was rolling down the mountain. You couldn't get one without you in it. You don't have to be in it. Right, is what? At least right, get the
0: photo, right? right so, yeah, yeah. And some if it's too steep, that's going to tell a story in and of itself. So. Well, I think we've beat that dead horse. I mean, be creative. Uh, Don't look at your photos. Uh, Here's something that maybe we think of. We don't say after you take the photo, look at it, just look at it Yeah. and then make an adjustment. Yeah. Take more. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. If it doesn't work out, take more. The other thing is take the time. Most people are caught up in the moment, just doing their thing, hunting, glassing, whatever. Do you want to remember this hunt?
0: Because memories fade, photos
2: are going to stay forever, right? right? Yeah.
0: Joe Bradley, part of the CBA, great guy. Stick Do you know Joe? I, He's I, out of I, Loveland. I know. I don't know him, okay. but I know him. Great know guy. Him. Yeah. Just a phenomenal guy. Um, Matt Jackson, who's the co-editor with me on the CBA magazine, went over to his house and they were having a conversation. And when he walked in the door, Matt Matt talks about how you look to the right and there's this book, and I mean it's six inches thick. And it's every hunt he's been on with where he took the time to write out the story and put photos. I mean, now that's, that is, you and the reason he does it, I want my kids to be able to go through all of my hunts. And they're not all written. He's a great writer, by the way, and he's actually doing a bunch of writing for us. And I'm so excited. But it's, he's he has made, he's writing his memoirs basically. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, now that's way above and beyond, mm-hmm. but I do think that that's, if you can even do a fraction of that, it's going to help. You'll never be sorry. I've never been sorry. I took too many photos.
3: Yeah. And that's, I think like, even for me, sometimes the hardest part is just getting my camera out and then, but there's times where I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not going to do it. And then I get back. I'm like, wow, well, I wish I had a picture of that. Or, you know, it, you always regret it. The other well, way,
0: and you're you, really good about getting creative with your phone scope. You, I mean, I don't know how many times you're sending me pictures of scouting and, you know, I mean, you've got a 76 bull tag, Dustin, our another Dustin that's rich has a 76 bull tag and you've already got in there and he's sending us pictures of these velvet bulls. Right. But he's not telling us about them. He's sending us a picture and, and he's already starting to document his hunt and it's still a month and a half away. So I think that's the key. Yeah. You got to take the time. It's got to come out of your pocket if it's a cell phone or it's got to come out of your pack if it's a, if it's a camera.
2: Well, and the other thing is, like you said, you know, how do you tell the story? Well, the story doesn't start the day the hunt starts. If you're out scouting, you're out setting up trail cams, you know, all of the bulls I've ever killed, I have sell, I have uh, trail camera photos of them coming into water, you know, going on a trail or whatever that's where my story starts is like the preparation of what I'm doing to find these animals, you know?
0: Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. So that's
1: one thing too, like scouting, even a crappy cell phone photo through the spotter of an animal that you might end up taking is pretty cool. Like here it is in velvet in the summer and magically nine days after, after a nine day backpack hunt, I was lucky enough to take this animal. Those are cool. And people don't think about that either. Um, Even if it's one that, May not be the same animal, but gives the point across of here's some summer scouting, a photo, whatever. I mean, right. it gives the idea. So.
0: And, and even, even the terrain that, that, that you're having to sneak in around it, it gives, it gives the person a reference. So again, creating that whole picture. The reason I love video is there's, it leaves very little to the imagination. It shows you when you start doing print. It leaves a lot to the imaginations. Therefore, you need to be descriptive and stuff like this. So if you take something like a, a good print story and you add those 10 to 15 stunning images, you're almost a video, you know, and it's in a, 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 a six pages, right? So um, – and it lasts forever. So, hey, let's real quick then – we've talked a little bit about this. Let's – I want to take a second, Dave – Talk to us about settings. Cameras have ISO. Uh, you know, uh, you, got, you got your shutter speed. Let's talk through these things. These, this is not something that you're going to worry about too much with an iPhone because a lot of this is going to be natural. But even if we start getting into uh, a Canon, like a T, what is it, 7i Rebel 7i or something, yeah. I mean that entry-level uh, DSLR, you, this, you should be running your camera in manual. There's a very very important reason why what you see, what you want to what you want your end product to be is captured better once you understand how to manually set your camera. So let's talk through those settings so people understand what are the settings and what do or what are they good for?
2: Um so before we talk settings the basic of exposure there's the exposure triangle right so you've got three parts to and, it and
1: everybody you can google this and there's 7.2 million videos on youtube so as dave explains this if you need more hop on youtube and it'll explain it sorry go ahead Yep.
2: yep. Uh the exposure triangle basically each will kind of affect the others right so you've got shutter speed which is the duration of the exposure you've got aperture which is the amount of light coming into the lens and also the amount of like blur that you want in your background. And then you've got ISO, which is the, the amount of light sensitivity, your camera sensor or film or whatever you're using is going to use. So the higher the ISO, the high, the more sensitive to light it is. Um, so you can do low light stuff. Um, so once, once you start learning that, that exposure triangle, you kind of move into the different modes of exposure. Um, if you want to learn photography, Um, or if you don't want to learn photography, there's a setting for you. If you don't want to learn it, there's an automated setting. The camera chooses the aperture, the camera chooses the shutter for you. Um, basically just point the camera, the direction you want to take the photo, you hit the button, it takes it and it's going to work out perfectly. And this is a great starting point for a lot of people. But the more you dive into photography and more you want to learn about it, it's probably beneficial to switch over to manual mode, learn that stuff to see, what does this shutter do? Do I want to get a a little shutter drag, a little bit of motion shot in there, maybe use a slower shutter. Uh, And then you see how shutter and aperture kind of affect each other. Um, You know, maybe, maybe you'll start learning some of that and use it to your advantage. Um, For me personally, you know, I'm getting paid to do this. I can't miss opportunities. Uh, A lot of wedding photographers, a lot of, a lot of pro photographers out there will actually, um, Use the camera to your advantage. Your camera's very smart. I I shoot an aperture priority all the time, unless I'm in a studio with flashes going off. And basically what, what happens with that is I set the aperture for the amount of depth of field that I want. How much focus in my in my shot do I want? Do I want everything in focus or just my subject? Do I want just Aaron shooting his bow in focus? And then I manipulate some of the other settings to get a perfect exposure.
1: I, I do what you do, David. I don't, uh, I'm, ca- <clears throat> and I'm not disagreeing about the manual. You need to be capable of shooting in manual. I shoot an aperture priority until it's low light. And then I go to manual. Now I could shoot in, here's what I came up with, David, and I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts by the time when I shot in manual during the day, it was the same photo as I got as if I was an aperture priority, so I'm skipping a step now in low light, different story I've got to reinvent the wheel, you got headlamps you got you know what i mean you, you well, you also have to it needs to be on a tripod, right so um, I can cheat the system on manual. I just don't need to cheat it as much during the day, and the depth of field is the most important so again i that's why I shoot on aperture priority. It's when it shifts to I'm not getting the same photo as I would on manual. That's when I go to manual. If, if, does that make any yeah, sense sure, whatsoever? Sure. Oh, that's just for my uh, style. You're fine tuning. Yeah, yeah. And you in low light, you. well, let's talk about low light because a lot of people are going to have low light issues like maybe what to do and how to set that up um, because pretty easy to get blurry shots in low light. Um, like you said, you shoot aperture priority most of the time. What do you guys do in lower light situations to get a good photo if, you know, you don't want to leave the animal overnight if you don't have to, to get a good photo that night?
0: Headlamps. Um, The only problem with us, because we do so much video, is that LED light will have a flicker, so you have to adjust your shutter speed. But for pictures, um, if you can cast, if you can run a low f-stop, so, you know, uh, we're running our primary camera is a 70 to 200, 2.8, and what I mean when I say 2.8, I'm saying th- that that's the lowest f-stop that that you can run, which uh, you might have explained this already, but it's basically your it's like your eyeball. Have you ever stood in front of the mirror in the bathroom and turned the light off, and you see how big your friggin' pupil gets, right? It's it's sucking as much light in as it can. Then you turn the light back on, and your pupil gets smaller. Well. When you have a low f-stop, your that pupil of that c- camera is as big as it can get, trying to get in as much light. But that also the offset is the low f- focal length. Um, so I've seen some of the most stunning photos that are that low light to dark. So if you can shed just a little bit of light, sometimes it takes it from oh that's kind of a dark photo to Oh man, that's a great photo because you're just putting a little bit of light. So that's one thing you could do. Now, if you're by yourself, you just got to shoot it, which means um, you know you're going to end up bumping your ISO. But you bump your ISO too much, and you we get what we call busy bees or grain, mm-hmm. bunch and of bunch of noise, bunch of noise. What What are your thoughts on low light?
3: Yeah, I mean that's you definitely have to watch the ISO. That's that tends to be what I bump up last, like, but. I mean, some of these cameras now, like the Sony, the mirrorless cameras, can oh, go
0: crazy, kind of wild with the with yeah, the almost ISO like Dave. You remember the time back in the day? You have, you pretty much were done shooting about thirty minutes before legal. Back ta- in the day, we're, ta-
2: we're
3: talking video, yeah. video.
2: Right? Oh yeah, remember? yeah. Oh, it was dark okay. on on film before. It Way was before, really dark.
0: And yeah. now with these mirrorless cameras, again with video, you can almost take it
2: to sh- legal shooting lights. Oh, I was watching a review on the A7S III. Yeah. And they were talking about how the camera can see after you can't see with your eyes.
0: The FX3 is the, is basically yep. the A7 III, but it, without the cool photography stuff, mm-hmm. and, but it's like the same yeah. thing. So, um, but now you transfer those, that A7S III, man, you can basically shoot... and
2: and I'm gonna
3: yeah, yeah like and it's important to have I think at that point like a gorilla pod or something because a lot of times you're gonna have to drop your your shutter speed so low and a lot of these cameras they have really good image stabilization but once you get down you know it depends on the camera but below 100 like with these sonys I mean we can drop down you know a 50th or so but you get like super low and you're just going to start to get blur so when you're able to set that camera up on a tripod you know you got to you got to be still when you're taking the picture holding the animal or whatever but that's going to eliminate shake from the from the camera and you're going to eliminate blur
1: we've all said tripod many 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 times if you don't have one it just needs to be stable. So I've used a boot, unfortunately, because yeah. I'm a dipshit. Uh, I've used my pack. <laughs> stack mm-hmm. rocks. It, yeah, stack rocks. So don't give up if you don't have a tripod with you. The moral of the, the tripod makes it easier. But if you can manufacture something for it to sit on and act like a tripod, you're still in, in good shape. And I've used my boot a lot. Um, when I say boot, usually I'm in my tent. I'm too lazy to grab my tripod. I don't have enough room. I might take it or even my cook set. I might scoop my cook set back and put it on a timer. If I'm just trying to show this is all my crap in my tent and this is me looking like I just came out of a a concentration camp, eyes are baggy. You know what I mean? First thing out of the morning, you can still get the shot. A tripod helps, but just make sure it's stable if you don't have one. Hand-holding is the devil. That's
0: just not going to work for you. In in low light, yeah, that's going to be your nemesis. Um, I I can't stress enough. These new cameras do, I mean, and, and you're investing. You're investing in that camera that can handle that type of stuff.
1: Why don't, when you're talking about investing, do you want to go through your bottom end to top end? You have no budget choice. David, you do the same. You do the same. Meaning, skipping iPhone, because iPhone 12's a given. From point and shoot, uh, micro four-thirds, uh, mirrorless, and then the big daddy, somewhere in there, so people have an idea of... their budget some guys are like today's the day and they drop 10 grand on camera gear I've known several to do it but they have a lot of questions about it so you want to start out
0: um so the point and shoots I'm not as familiar as you are you mentioned those two the the Sony and the Canon that you mentioned
1: those are the only two I know so Sony RX100 it's like the movie Fast and the Furious there's a lot of additions so I think the current seven or nine right so from four up are real good so from the mark 4 through the mark 5 six those are all good uh, and then the, um, the 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 one that I, the, the 5d uh, mark 2 um, or the G excuse me g5 mark 2 is from Canon there's some pros and cons to both of those those are the two I would suggest that will get you and you can dial it manually and what do those run? nowadays
0: 680 yeah. to 1, 1200 right. you know that, so 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 it's again th- that 600 below you say hey get a new iphone yeah. you go up there you're you're investing in this yep. and then i think the natural jump would be a uh, a rebel a canon rebel t7i or something like that um i always tell people invest in your glass okay your glass is going to be um something you're going to probably maintain over a platform where, uh, you know, uh, you might start with the T7i, which um, I'm not sure what the exact specs are. Back in the day, my first Canon Rebel was a T3i. And. Um, which your phone will blow that thing away will, now. My phone yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would think it was six point four megapixels, and I thought, yeah. And then, of course, I bought it, and two weeks later, they came out with the five i, yeah. and it was like double that, or eight or nine or something. Anyway, so that's that, that's technology that's going to happen. Don't get down on yourself if next week that you buy the camera, and next week they come out with a new version. It's worse than yeah. cell phone. Yeah. So, um, and then the next step up would be some type of crop sensor, probably which uh, t- actually T seven i is, but uh, like a sixty. Uh, I mean a six D, six zero D, like Canon six zero D. We've used those, and uh, w- explain what a crop sensor is.
2: It's all based on a full frame sensor, which is based on thirty five millimeter film, so it's like twenty four by thirty six millimeter something in there. Um, you go to uh, I, I guess APS C size sensor, which is the next size down, which is like maybe two thirds the size, and then you go to like uh, a smaller one. And the sensor just keeps getting smaller until you get to like a cell phone, which is like a fingernail size, your pinky nail. Um, they just don't, they don't do as well in low light. They don't do as well when they pack full of, uh, full of, full of resolution, um, megapixels, things like that. The
1: yeah. kind of the big blinking light when somebody explained it to me years ago was they said use an inch, like look at an inch squared. And if you look at that inch squared, that's a full frame. This isn't. I'm not apples to apples so right, just yeah, to give sure. you an idea so just take and darken out 75% of that that's a crop sensor what you have left right. that isn't exact but that's how much light yeah. you're potentially losing
0: and 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 I've noticed also the color profile is not as vibrant as a full frame uh, I mean you, you for the cost it's a great camera to start um it's going to take great stuff i i would be tickled pink if everybody turned in photos that were taken on that camera because you're going to have to add in a lens and we might as well talk about lenses real quick a lot of packages come in what with what we call a kit lens maybe a 24 to 105 or something like that in a, um, a kit lens you're going your f-stops not going to be as as low as a, a prime uh, or maybe even a, uh, a higher-end piece of glass, it might come in at 4.0 as as your lowest f-stop, which, again, is going to be a factor in light-gathering capabilities. But it's still a great camera. Um, if you would wait 10 minutes, you're going to be in the same place where that full frame with a 2.8 type or even, you know, like I've got a, a, a 50 50 prime, that's 1.2. I mean, I can make the bill of a hat perfectly in focus and the nose is out of focus, but that's how shallow that depth of field gets. And it gathers light like crazy, but I'm not going to film a hunt with a 50 prime, right? Um, so then the next step up would be some full frame, which would be like a 6D Canon 6D or a 5D, like you were using the 5D Mark III. That's a full frame. Again, w- that's what's running your glass. So if you have good glass, the better the glass, the better the quality, um, and and then you start getting up into some of the newer canons, um, which we stepped away from. We were Canon guys; everything was Canon. But when the mirrorless started coming out, and then they started doing things like, uh, you know, you could do one hundred and twenty frames at four K. I mean, just some of the video stuff for us was really pushed us over the brink to, to, to run in the Sony. But the problem with that was we had all this wonderful, awesome glass that doesn't fit the Sony. I shouldn't say that. You could run a Metabones adapter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's not native. It doesn't. the auto folk or the, uh, the facial recognition and some of the neat things that these cameras do offer wouldn't work. It was too slow um it would work your focus you could get your manual focus but if you were autofocusing that's what we saw and the autofocus the and i think they have better adapters now but i mean still it's yeah. just so invest in glass would you we all are we all on the same page there invest in glass because you're going to change bodies as technology changes
1: yeah and we can david's about to potentially have to do that. How much is it going to cost you? I mean, obviously we're going to cover a lot of it just because he's our photographer, but <laughs> I, I can't stress this enough because I've used every camera known to man. Um, when you get married into a system, it's like a divorce when you when go you to another to, yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's meaning. Be very, very careful and be very methodical and ask lots of questions with the system that you pick when you're buying glass. Because glass is extremely important. It's extremely expensive for good glass, Uh, especially Mm -hmm. fast good glass. So keep that in mind, meaning if you're going to be a Nikon guy, a Sony guy, uh, or a Canon guy. Now, dude, which one's better? Fuck, flip a coin. I mean, Sony was crushing it now. Canon came back hard. Yeah. I mean, and so I don't. I don't know that there's a you know people. At, I like the color of
2: Canon.
0: That, Canon's that, color profile, in my opinion, is the best out there. And we're running one. Sony's. Yeah, that's a fact. But but <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the honest, the what changed us over is Canon took so long. Yeah. <laughs> to get on that boat, you know, we we changed over to mirrorless, and we loved so many of the factors. The color profile wasn't as good. So we spend more time in color correction, which again now we're talking video, um, but same thing in 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 photos there I think Canon really nails it. Um, I know there's Pen- uh, Pentax. There, there's a couple of other Fuji. There's some other camera. I just don't have any experience with anything but Nikon. I mean, I've never used them. I, I, don't, I, know. I don't know Nikon, <laughs> Nikon, Canon, and Sony. It's kind of like Matthews, Hoyt, and. Uh, Prime, I don't know, elite, yeah, uh, something like, yeah, that, something like yeah. that. Botech, I, whatever it might be, you're talking about the big three, and and there's just a plethora of information. If you want to know, you can go, you can literally go down a rabbit hole on YouTube for thousands so, of videos.
1: Maybe let's name some of those off before you start naming cameras. Froknows photo, photo. That big goofy fucker. He, or, I need to stop cussing. That dude's got <laughs> some good, uh, Fro, good videos. Fro, uh, yeah,
0: Fro knows, yeah. uh There's also uh, Peter. McKinnon, uh, McKinnon,
1: yeah. Kel- Chelsea, and what's his name? The husband and wife. Um, God, look Dave, you probably don't need you, you. could teach them shit. So, but you can find anything you want on YouTube. Right. And a lot of those guys are not biased, which is nice. They'll say, Hey, I shoot Sony or I'm going to Canyon for Canon for this reason. But most of them are pretty open-minded. Uh, like, especially gonna-
0: Fro, he, uh, he, he tests, probably every camera that comes out.
1: I didn't like him at first, but now I I, I don't even care if I learn some of the things he says, oh, I yeah. just laugh at. Yeah. He's just a, he's a trip.
0: <laughs> he and 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 he's and he, he's he's given you the pros and the cons. And yeah, he's and got no skin in the game other than the fact that his job is to is kind of like you do with gear. You're like, "Hey, this worked, this didn't." Yeah. Sorry. Yep. He and he goes to
1: pretty good depth on uh, like autofocus, eye track tracking like what's going to you know, he'll just tell you, yeah, this is a fraction better. You'll never know. You know what I mean? When you're picking a, you know, your potential system out, he's good at really dialing it in.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Blake Hunter is a good example. Blake and I had a long conversation. You know, he shoots a lot of ca- He's got an older camera. But he's in that point where he has, knows enough that he's seeing the, 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 the things that he wants to be able to do now. He's going to have to upgrade his camera. Because he's got in, he's at that point in experience where he's done it enough, he sees the um, ability to have uh, facial recognition and some of these stuff, especially when you're self filming. Um, and again, I get, we're getting off into video in a little bit, but the, uh, as you get into this, it's just like any other technology. The more you get into it, the more you go, "Oh, okay. Well, I see why people are buying." That I see why they're upgrading to that because mm-hmm. of this one little feature. But as you go, it just makes your life so much easier.
2: Mm-hmm. So, going, going back to what you were saying about lenses, right? If you're going to invest in a new camera, maybe you want to consider quality lenses first, like the Sony G Master series or uh, Canon
0: Red Stripe, uh, yeah, L series, <laughs> the yeah. L series yeah,
2: yeah, L series, uh, the Nikon ED. Mm-hmm. Um, this one right here. This 24 to 70 I've had for 10 years. My first uh, Nikon DSLR was a D200. I bought this and used it on that. I used it on my 700. I used it on my 800. I now have an 850 and the lens is still good. Right. And I buy
1: used high end lenses all the time and I've never been screwed by that. Now, if you buy one that looked like it fell off a cliff, I'm, there's a yeah, disclaimer there, but yeah, not sure. for the most part, like guys like me, I'll get tired of a lens and I'm like, man, I kind of like what you pull out of your pack. You haven't used it in three trips. It's coming out of your pack. I'm like, yeah, I just don't use this lens. I'll take it in and trade it in and get another used one to tr- to try out. And wow. and I'm not saying buy all used, but it's not good. It's like a set of Swarovs or Zeiss or liker They last for years and they,
0: they're they're always good. So the more you have, the more weight you have. I mean, that's just a fact. So, so ideally, a twenty-four to one hundred five or a twenty-four to seventy, something like that, is a great lens to have. It gets you a lot of depth. We're a huge uh, seventy to two hundred. Yep. Okay? that's because um, you're not backpack hunting. Well, <laughs> right, but even when we're because we're using it for video. What, of course, we're going to use it for photos mm-hmm. because uh, it's just a great lens. But it that, is. There's heavy. a
1: look with that lens that you yeah, cannot you can't, mimic. You can't, we you have
0: can't. a one to four, we have a two to six, we Thank have you. all these, and you just can't get the same look. No. It, but You can tell when you look at our. We might have three lenses that we took photos of this uh, moose, let's say, and you can spot the 70 to 200s they're just there's just the, clarity the 70 to 228 is one of the most
1: i guess i say dynamic lenses but when you have a when he when david has a 70 to 200 in his hand um it's i mean when i say that you know you're going to get a look that you cannot mimic right, right? you just can't you can't mimic right. that and yeah. again it is it's not like you're going to be in tight quarters right you, you, if you're in a tent you're going to get my toenail but right. It is ama- an amazing lens.
0: Right. You like that fourteen? What do you, you you've been carrying, Tanner? That what's? Uh,
3: I have a, a Sigma fourteen to twenty four art for mm-hmm. landscape stuff, and that's that's been a really nice. That's a nice lens. Yeah. and then usually that, and then uh, my seventy to 200 two hundred yeah. two eight is, is what you can. Kind of yeah. my go tos right now.
2: Yeah, that'll be similar for me. I'm just I'm switching over right now. I just bought a uh, sixteen to thirty five two point eight. And one hundred to four hundred, and I should get those today or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot of money, though. I mean, for for listeners, I mean, that's that's four thousand dollars right there. Forty five hundred bucks.
0: I I guess that's the other thing we have. People have to understand. Don't when you look at a camera body and you're spending twenty five hundred bucks on a camera body. Let's just say, you're going to spend that on one lens. I I can, um, unless you go used, even. Yeah, uh,
1: me going through all these different cameras, and um, I would say a good, not always, not yeah, not always, but two grand, eighteen hundred to twenty two hundred is about what you're looking at for a good lens. Now they can be less and they can be more, but meaning if you walk in and you're looking at a when I say a super fast, a one two to two eight, uh of the higher end lenses, 18 to 2200 is what you're paying. now use are a little bit less. Now you do get, I'm trying to think of a, one of those Holy grail lenses that you find that is a little bit cheaper. And there's a few of them. Sigma makes some pretty good camera on yeah. uh, Tokina or how we pronounce it. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it doesn't happen very often. You're usually paying the money.
0: Well, but. and and if you were to take a Sigma and you take that a seventy to two hundred to a next to a prime, I mean a, a, a like a Red Stripe a, a L series or a G series for Sony, and you took those photos side by side, you would tell a difference. Uh, the the the, the Sigma is going to be great, but it's just there's something it, about it. It's a uh, the best
1: way i would say um what who do you who's your guys is optic sponsor for um for, for your tv show or for your show we don't have one or what do you what do you guys uh, use? we usually there? use swaros so, okay so yeah. i would say one of the best optics for the money right
0: now is a maven mm-hmm. and and we actually i i carry maven 18s yeah and um a binos yeah so yeah. But it's not a swirl. No.
1: It's close, it's but you're going to notice a little bit of a difference. I would say that's the best way for guys that have used optics to think of camera lenses. Am I going to still get a great photo? Of course. It's just not going to be as great right. as it would be if I had a right. $2,000, $3,000. And, and, and we don't want
0: to discourage people that see this. Is, we're talking maybe to 10% who are ready to take that jump. And they under, they probably understand the financial investment they're going to make.
1: Well, and that's one thing I wanted to bring up as we're going around the horn. My views have kind of changed on purchasing. And I want to get your guys' feedback on this. In the beginning, I would, uh, A6500, hey, you know what? I don't preach that as much as I do now of a point and shoot because you always keep the point and shoot. Because you can have it in your pocket, Where a 6500, you're probably not going to keep if you get a Sony A7R4 or if you get a, I guess it's a 60D and then you go to a, well, the the new R5s or a 1DX. So a lot of times I tell guys to get the point and shoot, learn how to operate it because the G5 Mark II and the RX, you can dial in the shutter, you can dial in the aperture. Learn the camera, learn the settings, learn the system. If you have that desire to go deeper, you're never going to get rid of that point and shoot. You will get rid of a lower end camera. And with the lens mounts, you're kind of screwed depending upon the system you have. Meaning, if you get a T5i, those, you know, those lenses, the higher end lenses may not snap onto that. So you got to make sure what the mount is. And so that's why I really push the point and shoots now in learning photography. And if you've got that drive, then you want to, you know, choose from there.
0: Once you understand how to manually adjust a camera, you can run any camera in the world. The hardest part will be, where are the buttons?
1: And if you're going to a Sony, it's going to be real hard initially because their format sucks ass.
0: Well, I will say this. (laughs) The, The one thing I liked about the Sony is that we could customize the buttons. You can't in this FX3, unfortunately. But we, we was coming from a Canon platform. We set it up like the Canon. Right so that we could, so, cause, cause we were so, we knew where everything was.
1: My little FN button, I did the same thing. Yep. I customized it because, dude, Nikon's easy. It takes five minutes for me to, you've handed me your camera and I'll figure it out and I haven't used Nikon. Sony, if you wanted to go into like, there's sub formats on sub formats and I, you need a f- freaking abacus to, to run that thing. But if you can, learn how to program it you guys are right you can get it at yeah, a push of a yeah. button yeah and
3: you, you take somebody else's camera and it's like programmed differently you're like what where the frick is yeah, where, where, yeah. where's
0: my shutter at yeah yeah so uh, the, that is one thing i will say when we first picked him up the fact that you had to go into the menu to make simple adjustments that was frustrating you got to go things, into sub menus yeah, in the menu yeah, it's yeah
1: you know how many times i was like <laughs> yeah
0: exactly where is it
1: yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh, it's three fucking. It. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's three levels under this other level of this one thing, and then I yeah, finally find uh, it. And so, yeah, the Sony that is a one. I would say the only downside is their format yeah, sucks. Yeah, but I, I yeah, I, yeah, I would don't, agree. don't. What are mess, you Don't at
3: mess me, with you? the FX3 menu because they. I think they added more <laughs> yeah. menus under that it's thing. It's
0: basically an onion in there. You what? just keep pulling layers. <laughs> How did? Uh, well, as far
1: as my thought process and how it's changed would you guys semi agree disagree or totally agree with maybe going with a a higher end point and shoot and maybe you keep that forever and maybe not and then you you keep it forever but you you upgrade from there and maybe skip in the middle man
3: i would say and i don't know anything about point and shoots i would defer to you on like which ones are good but i would say 90 percent of the people that's going to be especially with With the quality, because I've seen the quality. I used to have one a long time ago, but and it was it was even good, you know, five ten years ago. And the quality now is impressive, and I think that's going to cover ninety percent of the. And again,
0: we got off track a little bit talking about video. Yeah, well, but but what we're really here to do is to teach people how to 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 capture that moment in time, and that you can do that really
1: well with the point and shoot. I didn't. So I googled that. I did not realize me not being as young as others that that's the I did vlogging right vlogging that is like one of the cameras that they hook on a little stick thingy and and do the vlog stuff or whatever and I'm like oh well it does great video so (laughs) will this year if we all we video the mule deer hunt um we're gonna do daily updates I'll have that video I'll try to video myself David can edit it when we get back Is it going to be great video? No, but I mean, it'll tell a story, and it takes decent enough photos. And my thing is, is I have one DX Mark III. I'm not packing that thing 11 miles into the wilderness, so I'm taking the point and shoot.
0: Well, and we've had a switch. You've been doing this as long or longer than I have, David. And wouldn't you say 10 years ago it was all about quality? I mean, everything had to be. Now with the youtube i call them the youtube generation but but the fact that these vloggers it's more and more mainstream mm-hmm. if you have a little shake in your in your shot it's not that big of a deal yeah. back in the day everything had to be locked on you know on a tripod no shake i mean you're i remember the hours i spent trying to image stabilize in post mm-hmm. after it'd been image stabilized in the camera cuz you just didn't you wanted almost cinematic movie-like shots, because that's what was the higher quality. Mm-hmm. And now this more realistic um, documentary style has transformed into this vlogging. And I, th- I really think that people are not turned off by the shake like they used to be.
2: Yeah, would people, you are, that? people are consuming different types of media right now. And I would, I would totally agree. You know, it's more about getting the content out there um, and constant contact or content um, people are people are wanting that now
0: and it's shorter D- would you guys agree that people's sh- extension spans i used Two to, to 3 minutes yeah, and I they're mean, gone yeah. it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy because um for me, it was like, well, here's the whole adventure. I don't want to just give you a piece of it, but in a way, people are asking for bite-sized pieces. So sometimes your uh, your example of giving updates as to how you go on, rather than coming back and coming out with this 12-minute film, yeah, you can you can drip well, those.
1: If we've driven them enough by the updates, just with our cell phones and everything else, um, then they might go and look at the full production My because opinion. of those updates or um, if we do, and I'm David, you're way better at the video stuff than I am, but I always base it off of what I want to see, which isn't necessarily correct. You're not the but, normal
0: consumer. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I when I say that, meaning like when I, um, I don't mind David long did a video a long time ago and it was kind of horrible, but he talked about his, and David's some at points is like nails on a chalkboard right it's not exactly there's not a lot of inflection he's certainly not you right he's not and here we yeah well we're looking at this mule deer but what he had in that production was very good good knowledge right it's good learning it it was a little bit difficult to watch so I kind of bounced it off of what would I do if I was there to make it more worth watching meaning what did he miss? You know, what what is Cameron miss? What has someone else missed that I wanted to see? And then that's what I try to mm-hmm. hit, whether it be on Instagram story update or what David may edit later. And David's really good about saying, hey, this is what I, I need. It's no different than photos. No. You, you know, you got to think no. about it. So. All
0: right, right, all right. This is a lot of information. And, and my whole goal on this was really to whet people's appetite. I think to give them a their marching orders on here's entry level to capture that point in time in that adventure. So that if you wanted to submit an article, this is the support I need.
1: Can, can, can we do like a, a quick, cause we're going to, I'm going to get asked this. So I want to knock it out of the park. So I'm going to list the cameras real quick. Point and shoot. We said about 14 million five times G five Mark two Sony RX 100. I'm, I'm going to skip crop sensors. Um, going up to more full frame uh, mirrorless any of the sony um the there's multiple different Mm -hmm. levels but the a7 r3 a7 r4 a7 s's those are all the s is more for filming uh the new canons the r5s the r6s Mm -hmm. um what you're basically looking at is the difference of a thousand and potentially ten thousand dollars and so would you guys say that's Yes. You go with the big boys, you're going to put 10 grand into it with two lenses and a good yeah.
0: body and some SD cards. Yeah. 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 Especially uh, with these new cameras using these new SD cards that are $225 a piece. That,
1: that one from my one DX is 500 yeah, yeah. bucks, but it'll shoot 30 frames a second and it never buffers. Right. How important that is to you is going to probably depend on your wallet. Cause I, I got one of them and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to wait a bit before I get another. Cause it, it was 489 bucks right, for right, that lens. But right. Putting things in perspective, David, you are about to make the switch. You're going from Nikon to Sony because the video, you, did, you had no issue with Nikon, but the video camera we're using or you're going to use is a Sony. So you want to get the lenses. If you had your wish list today to trade all your Nikon stuff in and we walked down with a company card and we got the Sony stuff you wanted. And I'm not saying you went full on Happy Meal. Mm-hmm. What you need. Mm-hmm.
2: What's that bill going to be? I had a wish list for a while and it was like $30,000 <laughs> and, and that's, that's not that much crap. No, it's really not. It's okay. just like a camera body, um, video camera body yeah. and like four lenses. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, t- today I'm going to trade in potentially four lenses and a camera just to get one camera body. Uh, and I'll still need another lens, I think something yeah. like that. So
1: just to put things into perspective for guys, and you do not have to have that, but you know what you're getting into if you want to, to get on the high end things. I would say you're looking at five grand in the beginning, and then adding yeah. from there. Yeah, I mean, you know, most guys can
2: get by with a camera, one lens, um,
1: twenty-four to seventy-two-eight
0: f-four will do anything. Yeah, about the twenty-four
2: system. to one hundred five is a great lens as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's got a good zoom range on it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I think that's good. Our problem is we we might have two or three we, – we have to have two or three sets <laughs> yeah. because we might have two or three hunts going on at one time. Mm-hmm. And we run multiple cameras. Yeah. So he might be behind me with the 70 to 200 like on the moose. Garrett was 200 yards away with the one to four, right? And um, so now you've got two of the same bodies. But you have two different lenses. Um, now, there's not very often we're having to we to run two 70 to 200s because, but there's a lot of times we'll do a 24 to 105 to get like spot and stock mule deer. We'll have two cameramen working up with the hunter. One's the 70 to 200. We'll have a 1 to 400 on the opposite ridge, and then we'll have a 24 to 105 back capturing the. You know, but again, this is video,
1: by the way, as he describes all this, it is important that, you know, cameramen and videoing save animals' lives. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to shoot more, film less and photo more, because, and I'm not blaming it, there is very good cameramen, you're going from two feet to four feet. That's it. You're going from one body to two bodies. There's however you want to look at it. And even with the best cameramen, you're just adding another person. So, you know, so... Get into photography before videography if you're still trying to shoot something because it it can be difficult.
0: So I I hate wind. Yeah. But one of the things when I'm hunting mule deer, especially out in western Nebraska, that we as a group, we look and hope that there's at least a 20 mile per hour wind because with mule deer bedded in these uh, little pockets in this broken country, we can get to six yard. We could have five guys there. But we couldn't do it if there's a four mile per hour wind. There's no way, you know, you might be able to get one person there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there are definitely challenges. Um, But when it comes to photography, the cool thing is if you never, if you don't want to film and and you don't want to have a whole video of your hunt, but you still want to document your hunt, that's a great and, and simple way you could do by yourself. Mm -hmm. so i i gotta take my hat off to remy warren and and tim and those guys with solo hunter the way they film their hunts they're not just photoing or you know uh taking photos they're filming the whole thing and remy i don't know how many times he's told me how many bucks he could have killed if he didn't have to set up the stupid tripod you know or a, a bull elk is screaming and he's got him coming in and he's trying he's messing with his tripod and the bulls at 15 yards and He's got his hands on his tripod and his bow sitting right there, you know. So self-videoing, hats off to you guys that do that. You're better than we are. That's so hard. I would say self-filming. Updates
1: is no problem. Right. Actually, self filming the hunt is Ew, not man. something that I would attempt. Like I don't mind stopping when my pack's off eating, saying, "Hey, I got three bucks spotted," right, yeah. and then that camera's going in the pack, and then it comes back out because right. it's just not worth it to, to me. Now, obviously, if David's there, David's a good hunter; right. he can right. video it. But um, man, uh, there's one. There's a reason I am not on film much, and it's because I. Am, it is hard to get, especially with a stick. Uh, on some of these mountain hunts if we've if David if you and I had hunted nine days and we go in on a stalk um, I, I mean my first thing is David once you fill from 300 yards back because it's hard enough to kill it without and it's not that David can't stalk it's four feet now rather than two so it's something to think about but photos you can take photos and catch it so for for beginners out there Unless you're dying to get photo or video, I would say start off and learn videography and photography, but start off with photoing your hunt and then kind of move on little film to here and there. Now, you may disagree with that. No,
0: I don't. I I totally agree. And and the thing is, is you need to do what you're passionate about, yeah. because if you're not passionate about videoing your hunt, it will it will wreck your hunt. Yeah. It will literally make your hunt miserable. And, and, and it's weird. I don't know if it's mentality. I'm not a video guy. Yeah. I don't
1: mind videoing if somebody asked me, but I mean. I'm a photographer. I like photoing. The, the, the record button does not get hit unless David asks me to. I just photograph. Nothing wrong with either one. It's just not my passion. Right, right,
0: so. right. All right, yeah. Fitness
1: is my passion because I only ate one donut
0: instead of three. That's right. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. <laughs> You're on the
1: paleo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got half diet Coke, half Coke. Remember that
0: Jack Black? Give me half a Frosty because I'm on a diet. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah.
0: Well, I think this is a podcast. You and I have been talking about doing this for a long time.
1: Yeah. Well, and we've been, I've been getting hounded. I don't know if you are, but people beg for these podcasts for for photography and videography. Right, right. so it's good. And
0: for me, I, this is huge because this is what I'm going to send out as the reference when people are wanting to send me their articles and it's, we're going to try and get this turned around real quick because I want it out there for this coming, you know, September's mm-hmm. around the corner. That's our next issue. So,
1: and I think we can all agree you can't make, take cool photographs with your camera and your pack. So get it out, take some photos. Get the adventure from beginning to end and along the way, learn photography, get on YouTube, learn the triangle, uh, learn what aperture priority is, learn, I guess everybody's got their, like Fred Baum's style is very unique, right? On, on his photography, David's style is very unique. Um, you'll learn that along the way, but you, you got to read the manual and you got to learn photography and you can do that from your home and then transfer it when you get out in the field.
0: So, yeah, I think it's great info. You got anything else to add, David?
2: Not that I can think of.
0: Tanner, any any well, if, if you were to give somebody starting out any help? I was hands. thinking
3: on like um, like the grip and grains. What I see a lot of, as long as we're working with, you know, a camera that has a, is a decent quality. I see people cropping, yes, like, cropping off the back of their animal or whatever. That's why what I was thinking about this earlier, but just you know back up a little bit. Don't don't get too wide cuz you know I mean, if you're on a phone, you don't have a lot of room to crop, but I see people cutting off the animal and you can't you can't get that back. So You bring
0: up a good point. And the other thing I see people doing is they're all taking horizontal photos. Turn your camera sideways and take it is you, you vertical. You're, no, they they take they take horizontal. They don't take vertical. And I want more verticals. Think about the cover of a magazine. Dave, that's a beautiful bull. If you, if I'm going to put that bull on the cover, I need it in a, vertic- a, a vertical, you for, know.
1: For people not understanding, a waterfall would be a vertical photo. Um, right. Just a, a tree stand, tree, but vertical photo. Sometimes, and I'm horrible about this, sometimes it is very applicable to take a vertical photo and people aren't used to turning. I don't take very many verticals. Uh, I don't know. If, you do i just it's got to be a waterfall it's Mm got to be something that says oh should i need to turn my camera sideways but you're right editing wise it's easier to put that sliver in the size you know what i mean because just placement in the magazine well
0: and and if i'm gonna have a cover shot i get a lot of great well-composed horizontal shots but i don't have the headroom luckily Mm -hmm. dustin etheridge is a whiz on photoshop he he makes up skies all the time <laughs> because I don't—that's ha- where the Colorado bowhunter is going to go, right? So take your good horizontals, but then turn your camera sideways and give me the same shot, but give it to me on that uh, vertical so that I have both those. Um, the other thing, like Tanner said, is take a step back. You think it's framed right? Take some shots there. That's fine, but then take two or three steps back and give me more because with these high res, we can crop. I can say oh man I just want to sh- I need to shuffle that over a little bit but if I don't have enough actual fo- raw photo to crop in to get that image where it needs to go that gives us as editors art directors stuff like that when we're laying out the magazine a lot to work with so that that's my last little hint there is is be creative on on both the landscape and the what they would call the portrait mode or whatever and i think people are used to with instagram stories because they are that vertical Mm -hmm. people are taking more photos that way on their phone but they don't think about it on their camera Mm so
1: um I guess after that, everybody make sure and go uh, join the Colorado bow hunters association. Uh, Trevin and crew have done a really good job at, um, reinvigorating, I guess the, the magazine, the magazine is something I actually want to read. Now that last one was pretty badass, dude. Thank, you. Came out Thank you. Um, as far as photography, David D Austin, uh, go on Instagram. You can look at some of David's work. He also has quite the sense of humor. Um, David, you've, so to give an idea, he's taught at a college level. You taught for quite some time. He's worked for multiple different companies as the uh, photographer and videographer. So I don't know if, Dave, you want to get overwhelmed with questions, but if people have some questions, are they cool to shoot you a message?
2: Yeah, I might even give them some, you know, projects to work on to learn yeah. new. <laughs> <So> <laughs> There you go. Just send
1: them send him to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and then where can people find you on social?
3: Uh, I'm just on Instagram at uh, Tanner Vernon, just all one, all one. Word lowercase. So
0: yeah, and you'll, you're going to if you follow out back outdoors, you're going to see a lot of his photos. Are uh, we we utilize a lot of that, and uh, um, so yeah, I, I you know I I can't say enough. We have um, our we we've we've got a spring in our step again with the CBA, and and not to get real preachy here, but if you hunt Colorado or want to hunt Colorado or have a hunt planned in Colorado, even if you're out of state. There's no reason you are should you should be a member. Uh, example, we talked about this last time, Aaron. I think the fact that bow mounted decoys, we were on the forefront. We got it shot down before it even made the ballot. That's what we need to be doing. You know, they start out lying these little things like bow mounted decoys. Um, you know what's next range finders yeah, what's next I mean, they cut your toenail uh, yeah, off and I,
1: next thing you know they're cutting your
0: leg off right so so we've got to because because those that are against hunting they're doing it i mean they've got attorneys on retainer r- trying to to throw up roadblocks and they're and they're gaining ground if we don't start taking some back we're going to be in trouble yeah. so
1: well cool everybody i appreciate uh you know you tuning in uh you guys for coming down and, and obviously supporting us and, and uh, you know, obviously the partnership we have has been great. So thanks again and uh, everybody go join the CBA and uh, good luck this season. Uh, thanks for tuning in.